It's the second time I've blacked out this week. <laughs> oh, oh my, my god. god. It's just so beautiful. And you and know their skin is just so beautiful. It's just all just uh, gorgeousness. She's all smooth and shiny and he's, he's all smooth, smooth and shiny. shiny. <laughs> and he's got this big masculine watch on. Yes. You know, I, uh, look at her nuzzling into his neck. I'm a raindrop and I'm falling for you. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's how you tried to pick me up, remember? I would never use that line. Mm-hmm. I said um, you owed me a drink for uh, shredding my ass on the witness stand. I did shred your ass, but I left all the good parts. <laughs> oh my god, I feel so single right I now. I want to be loved by John Cho. <laughs> I want us to make our future happen. Hi everyone, uh, it is your two favorite thirst quenches right here. It's Bim Adewunmi and Nicole Perkins, and this is Thursday Kit. If you haven't been able to tell by now, <laughs> we'll end the suspense and let you know that this week we're going to be talking about the one, the only, John Cho. John Cho. Oh my gosh, he's so awesome. He is everything. He's so annoyingly hot. Like, I'm actually upset with him. Man, <laughs> like his, his hands. His and feet, his, as you noted. Yeah, yes. His feet. Oh my God. All of it. We're going to talk about... Everything, what we like about his career, mm-hmm. what he's done with his career, mm-hmm. um, and then also the flip of that being then the rest of the big picture of Asian representation in Hollywood, right? But you know, he's more than just his physical appearance. That's very true. He's he's a uh, he's a he's a woke bag wrapped in something beautiful. <laughs> You know, like he's he's so, so smart and so thoughtful. Mm -hmm. And then also he has the audacity, the very temerity to be a hottie on top of it. And it just it's too much. It's it's almost too much. (laughs) We're going to get right into all of that. And if you're listening, please live tweet your your listening session by using the hashtag TACPOD, T-A-K-P-O-D. Thank you. Let's go. John Cho comes to the door, and when I open it, he's leaning on the door jamb uh, with an eyebrow quirked, and then he reaches down to the space behind the f- mm-hmm. and then slowly he straightens his back, and then he reveals a f- oh. um, <laughs> and my heart is racing, uh, but I say yes, and we walk towards his f- and he lowers himself first. Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then I climb on behind him uh, and my arms are like snug around his mm-hmm. and I kind of tighten my grip when we begin to move mm-hmm. uh, slowly at first and then faster right. and then faster still. Right. One of John's hands then covers both of mine for just a moment mm-hmm. and then he lets it go to kind of concentrate on the job at hand. Right. Uh, and when we finally, uh, you know, I can't help it. My legs are shaking right. and I'm sweating. Mm hmm. And John just kind of leans down and murmurs against my temple. You know, his lips pressed to my temple. And he's, she just says in this low, gravelly tone, he says, you were great. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's redacted. Do you know what? There was an episode of New Girl that he was a guest star on. Mm -hmm. And Jess, as played by uh, Zoe Deschanel, she called him a dreamboat. 
And I remember springing upright when she said that because I was like, yes, 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 that is exact. He's an old fashioned dreamboat. And his body is just that's the thing I want to talk compact about. Compact fireball. So this is the thing about John Cho. Mm. Like he has a great face. Mm -hmm. But for my money, his greatest kind of physical gift mm -hmm. is how he looks in a suit. Yes. He just wears trousers so yes. well. Yes. And I, that's an odd thing to say. And yet, when you look at John Cho in a pair of nice tailored trousers, mm -hmm. you get what I mean. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He just looks like a, like you said, compact. Like he's just, he cuts a dashing figure. Yes. Like he's just, those little slim hips get oh, to me every Jesus. time. I love his little body. And then, you know, when he's like dancing, oh. I saw some gifs of him and Gabrielle Union from this TV show okay. that was not good, but it was called Flash Four. Oh but my God. I saw, listen, it was this one chef where they were in bed and he, you know, he's like leaning in for a kiss and he puts his hands on her neck and like has his hands in her hair. Uh -huh. Listen, if you <laughs> know how to touch a black woman's hair, yeah. I'm, I'm, you are already like almost at 100% just okay. off of that. So let me just talk about Flash Forward because I was one of the diehard John Cho fans. Mm -hmm. When I saw he was cast, mm -hmm. I was like, well, I'm watching this fucking shit bucket of a show <laughs> because <laughs> I'm here for John Cho. I will pay my dues. I will watch the crap that mm -hmm. he is in. Mm -hmm. And obviously the show was not worthy of the mm -hmm. talents of Mr. Cho. It really wasn't. But first of all, I, okay, let's talk about the characters that he and Gabrielle Union played in that show because <sighs> his character was called Dimitri. Mm. And already I was like, fuck yes. <laughs> Let's just call you a hot fucking Greek name. <laughs> Russian, whatever the fuck Dimitri is. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm here for that. So there was that. Mm -hmm. And then she was called Zoe. Mm -hmm. Zoe with a Y. And we meet them when they're... Um, that she gets off the plane and she's walking to, she has like a Willy suitcase. She's walking yes, towards him. Yes. And then she drops the suitcase and she rushes into his arms. Yes. And that first kiss, oh I my felt God. it in my shondo. I oh was like, Oh my God. He was so <sighs> intense and tender. I'm and sweating. Just like, Nicole. <laughs> he, it really felt like he was missing the fuck out of her. He was so in love and it was so clear. It just yeah. beamed from him yeah. through the TV, through my laptop, whatever I was looking <laughs> at this, you know, on. And like it just I was like, oh my God, this yeah. is this is probably what it's really like to be loved by him. I want us to make our future happen. And I remember my armpits prickling with sweat. <laughs> and I was like, fucking hell. Like, what am I looking at? And then, mm -hmm. and then he says, you know, why don't we go to a motel? Yeah. And I'm like, first of all, you people have a house. So if you're going to a motel, you're doing some dirt things. Yes. And I'm here for that. Nasty. Nasty. So they went to the motel. And then the scene opens up with them in bed. And mm -hmm. they're both kind of like barely covered. Mm -hmm. uh, and he and Gabriel. So it's um, Zoe and Dimitri. Mm -hmm. They're in bed. They've kind of reunited, yes. you know, post flash forward. Um, and they're in bed. And Gabrielle's character, Zoe, says this line. That just 100% just picks me up and ruins me, like dashes me to the <laughs> ground. It just ruins me. It's the second time I've blacked out this week. <laughs> Bitch! <laughs> yes! <laughs> that was network telly. And his little, his little giggle. His little like, giggle. He yeah, knows I what know. he did. I know, I know. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm going to have to take a fucking break. I am. Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> I am stressed the fuck out. I'm, I'm just... covering my face because I feel like I'm blushing because it's just no, so No, I much. feel hot. I, if yes. I was any lighter skinned, you would see the blood rise to oh my face. Oh my God. John Cho makes me giggle like a school child. Yes. Let's talk very quickly about yes. selfie. I did not enjoy selfie. No, no one did. And <laughs> I really tried to stick with it because of John Cho. John, selfie was this remake of the My Fair Lady story. Pygmalion, right. yeah. Pygmalion, right. And so uh, John Cho played Henry Higgs and um, Karen Gillan played Eliza Dooley. And they worked at this pharmaceutical company. She wanted to revamp her image because she realized that she had all these followers. She's obsessed with social media, but she realized she had no friends. Mm -hmm. And she wanted him, who was like the marketing person who could get people to... Whatever. By anything. By anything. Yeah. She was like, he can remake me, right? right? Okay, so bam. That's that premise. I really wanted to enjoy it, but they had this sassy, you know, plump receptionist, sassy black plump yeah. receptionist. What was her name? Her name was Charmonique. And in the first episode, you know, John, um, Henry is like, Eliza, talk to Charmonique. Do you know her name? She didn't know her name. And so when it, came, when it comes up, she was like, okay, to be fair, that's not a real name. Fuck you. That's her name. <laughs> Don't tell me my name is not a real name. So that's some bullshit. Yeah. But anyway, so that just really turned me off. And it was a, and, it was a problematic yeah. uh, show in terms yeah. of the writing, for sure. But I was so excited to see John Cho again be this kind of sexual or at least somebody with a romantic interest, possibly, you mm -hmm. know, brewing mm -hmm. between them. Because, of course, they were a will they, won't they kind of couple right, right. and all that stuff. It is network telly. Right. And it was just, it was just not good it and, wasn't great but you know who was great consistently hmm. John Cho he was he I've watched Ugh. most of Selfie yes and I, I think often about just how cheated John Cho must have been because for years it felt like he was the nearly man nearly mm -hmm. nearly and then finally Selfie fell in his lap and of course it wasn't a perfect vehicle mm -hmm. but he was it was I feel like if they'd given it a second season it may have turned around on itself much like New Girl yeah. for me when I, I I liked New Girl and by the end of the season I loved it mm -hmm. and I kept thinking just give it time give it time mm -hmm. to breathe you don't have to cancel everything not every day cancel right. some days give it a chance especially if it's starring John Cho please I don't know maybe I'm kind of projecting here but it it feels to me that the less of a chance is given to certain shows. Right. Um, and I guess it would be a show starring an Asian male lead mm -hmm. because that's easier to, you know, when people talk about it's for me, it's that feeling of when people kind of go, oh, this movie starring women hasn't done very well. Right. Maybe it's time women stop acting. Right. It's, <laughs> you know? it's kind of the, the twice as good. Right. Role, right. You know? Exactly. You have to be exemplary, amazing, right. fantastic, right. Uh, where other people are given the chance to yeah. fuck up and be mediocre and, for, and for a long time. That's, that's <laughs> the thing. And this one was cut down, not necessarily in its prime, but I honestly do believe that if they had given it just a little bit more time with some improved writing, if they seemed like they might be the kind of, you know, they might have been the kind of team to take on feedback, mm -hmm. they could have crafted something because the show wasn't all bad. Right. It had potential and it just needed some room to breathe. I'm going to tell you, though, mm. the best thing about Selfie is seeing how big and broad John Cho's hands are. I was like, John. <laughs> Each day gets better. God, I did not. <laughs> like, I was looking at his hands. He has his hands folded on his desk, uh -huh. you know, in one He's one very scene. stern in this. And I didn't know I was into stern dudes. And then yeah. I saw John Cho was Henry Higgs. But he, 
I was like, damn, he has hands like the Hulk. Like, they're just, like, <laughs> big and broad. Like, I want to, you know, I feel like my whole head would fit in his hand <laughs> some kind of way. You don't and sound he, right. <laughs> <laughs> it just got a lot of things, you know, popping in my mind, thinking about being with John Cho and those hands. He also so, has very, very, you know, sizable feet. Yes. Shout out to you, John Cho, Woo! with your big hands and your big feet. And you can really tell in those suits because he's wearing, you know, dress shoes to go with the suit. And I, I love like, him in suits. What? Yeah, they put those feet from. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this just really touched I like, me. I like how high pitched your voice went. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. So I, what I love about John in general is that he also seems to have like a real soulful quality to him. That like mm-hmm. he seems like someone who thinks. And when he is acting as person, as when he is acting as a person who thinks, mm-hmm. I never feel as though, oh, look at John Cho acting. I mm-hmm. think, oh, what a sensible, smart man who actually is a thoughtful guy. Right. I just he, he he strikes me as someone who's very sincere, and I'm very very here for that because I think, in terms of what we see on screen, more often than not, we are not seeing interesting Asian American characters, and so right. to kind of have John Cho. I think is a blessing for the industry. And mm-hmm. if only they would treat him right. Right. You know, shout out to the campaign starring John Cho. Yes. People were just photoshopping John Cho into these rom-com and action movie posters so we could yep. see what it would have been like if he had been the lead in these movies. Well, here are some. There's the Avengers, Age of Ultron. They did 500 Days of Summer. They put him on The Martian. They put him also on This Is 40. Um... This is the thing. My my feeling every time whenever I watch a John Cho thing is, oh my God, this show could really do with more John Cho. Mm-hmm. So I feel like let's cast him in everything for everyone. Um, he, he makes whatever episode or movie he's in, however you know small the length of time is, he stands out he in does. whatever it is that he's doing. He does. And he does it in such an effortless way. Right. But I do think often about how he has been forced, well, force is a strong word, but I mean, he, he takes the jobs that are offered mm-hmm. that he can kind of reconcile with his own personal belief system, I suppose. But right. I often think to myself, God, if only you would just shift the, the lens, just, you know, 10, 15 degrees mm-hmm. and then cast, you know, take the final logical step and cast John Cho as the lead as opposed to the best friend of the right. lead or whatever. Right. Um, and I think, you know, I think often about the things I've been excited about and how I've been let down. And I felt that when I saw that he had been cast in Sleepy Hollow on Fox. Oh, my God. And then he was pretty much dead by episode three. Yes, but oh. I think that is my favorite bit of John Cho. Oh, really? Yes. Interesting. Because, you know, he decided he was going to sell his soul for this black woman. And, and even though <sighs> she did not return his love, purely unrequited. Yeah. But he knew that this, you know, apocalypse was about to happen. This whole Satan. I don't know. The, <laughs> it was this just whole a, Satan. It's just a lot of shit. Right. <laughs> so that was about to happen. And he was like, I need to protect Abby. And, he's, and Abby was played by Nicole Bahari. Right. And so that's what he did. He sold his soul so he would be able to protect her. And I'm like, yes, do that shit. You yeah. protect this woman, <laughs> this black woman that, you know, you don't even know if she loves you back. And he, again, John Joe has this amazing face uh-huh. where when he looks at you and if he's supposed to be loving you, it just beams out of his eyes. Like yeah. he has a really intense, great, great set a, of eyes, beautiful, just his he does really great face acting, and I don't think that gets recognized. <laughs> I don't think so either. And I think in Sleepy Hollow in particular, he was playing a cop. Mm-hmm. And that's not a role we th- tend to think of when we think about Asian characters mm-hmm. um, in America, anyhow. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about that 
role in that show made me think about all the other roles that I've seen John Cho play. Mm -hmm. So I was doing like a quick rundown on his IMDb page. Mm -hmm. And I was looking and I saw that he had played... um, a character on How I Met Your Mother. And mm-hmm. I remember I remember watching that episode as it came up and squealing again because yeah. every time I see John Cho, my natural reaction is to squeal. And he was playing a character called Jeffrey Coatsworth. <laughs> 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 Which is obviously a joke, How I Met Your Mother name. And he played like this evil corporate lawyer. Yeah. But charming as fuck with it because that's John Cho's natural state. On Drunk History, he played Shakespeare. Yes. Which I'm here for. I'm, right. I love the diversity of the characters that John Cho has been allowed to play, even when the right. roles are a little bit shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, Bim, I think we need to talk about how John Cho is so aware of what's going on around him mm-hmm. um, when it comes to picking roles in Hollywood and the issue of representation in Hollywood and the, and the decisions he makes right. about who he's going to become. Yeah, sure. I recently read an interview he did with NPR because he has this movie, Columbus, yes. that has just come out this year. And so he talks about trying to avoid projects where Asians are the are butts of the joke. Uh-huh. And he talks about like he didn't feel comfortable taking these roles where someone was laughing at an Asian accent or mm-hmm. whatever, because he said most of the time he would be the only person of color in this in this space. So it would be a bunch of white men laughing at this stuff. And uh-huh. he was just like, I'm going to try my best to avoid these kinds of scenarios. Right. And I think that's how he ends up in these roles where like the name doesn't matter <laughs> you know yeah. and he kind of has a, a broish quality sometimes in a lot of these roles where he's a little bit of an asshole or something you know and I think that that's obviously it's very deliberate on his part because right. he hasn't played that kind of action figure mm-hmm. or whatever he hasn't gone into the martial arts you know expert role or anything yeah. like that right and I remember thinking uh, often about how he straddles a line of being you know true to himself, Mm -hmm. but also trying to kind of get to a place where he's also asking questions of things. And, you know, that kind of came to a head when he was doing the press for uh, (laughs) Star Trek Into Darkness. And that was when, that was a movie where they cast Benedict Cumberbatch as Khan. As Khan. I mean, he's literally called Khan. Yes. (laughs) And so there was um, one of those pressers with Alice Eve and who's the guy that played the um, doctor? Oh, Carl Urban. Thank you, Carl Urban. And so they were, the three of them were doing this presser and the reporter asked you know who's your favorite star trek villain and john cho said ricardo maltablan is con oh yeah who's badass and a man of color (laughs) (laughs) ricardo maltablan also a man of color and like he just kind of slid that in just just a little bit under the ribs just just just, you know it was a sharp and precise (laughs) knife but what I loved about it was that he said it, and I think he looked at the camera and quirked an eyebrow. Yes. Like, come the fuck at me, bro. Yes, and I Alice didn't tell Eve a lie. had this really uncomfortable giggle. Of like. she did. She was like, eh, Ricardo, yes. <laughs> but I remember seeing that particular clip and standing on my table and saying, oh, captain, my captain. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, thank you for saying that, John. And then later in the last Star Trek movie, when they revealed that Suli was married to a man yes. and had a little daughter, yes. and I think George Takai wasn't necessarily happy about that, yeah. and you know bless John Cho he basically said well yeah George is kind of entitled to his opinion Um, however you know right things need to change right and I love that I absolutely love that (laughs) 
my Twitter is full, absolutely chock full of just quietly <sighs> thirsty tweets, as as is your yes. Twitter timeline. Because, you know, I've gone looking. And my favorite one is the very, very simple and ambiguous. Let's elect John Cho as president. That's just something yes. you put out there into yes. the world. <laughs> I just No context. No, just let's just have him out there. As be, he can be in the White House. With his wife and children. <laughs> he's perfect, right? Like, and he's married to an Asian American woman. See? I love him so much. I'm like, yeah, John, decolonize your fucking love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I have one that's just John Cho's fine ass. Like, that's it. That's all I say in the tweet <laughs> because that's good enough. Fuck I mean, it. that's isn't it though? I mean, one of mine is an interview that he did for some magazine, and my question was, <laughs> but who gave John Cho the rights? <laughs> and that's the question that needs an answer. One of my favorite series of tweets that you've done, Bim, mm. is um, you've laid out the premise for a television series starring John Cho and Gabrielle Union. Or Nicole Bihari. I'm not fussy necessarily about right. the black woman, but right. she must be black. Yes, okay. Um, and they own a B&B. Their characters own a B&B in Vermont. Yes. Right? Let's let's talk about that. Let's. Why, why Vermont? Well, so I read a lot of books when I was growing up. And Vermont, you know, is it's it's a romantic. I mean, sure, it's racist, but it's also a romantic. Who's not racist? <laughs> who isn't? You know, in 2017, right? Um, but I think Vermont, for me, as a as an idealized place in terms of like you know the the colors and the climate mm-hmm. and you know the, the the fact that tourism is a huge part of Vermont's mm-hmm. economy. Mm-hmm. It seems to me to be the classic place in American law to have a bed and breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why um, I wanted it to be a and b is because I'm a cheese ball <laughs> and I appreciate cheese ball things like a and b Like, oh, it's a comedy drama and we have some ups and some downs <laughs> and one day there's a problem with the roof. And so it's leaking, but then it's okay because we love one another. So we kiss in the rain and put a bucket. You know, I, I have, there's a there's a pitter-patter. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. I'm sorry. Okay? It's good. It's good. I've made a career yes. out of being a cheese ball. Yes. <laughs> um, in my run of tweets, my final thing was, because, you know, I, I had to cut it short because I was at work. Right. My final thing was that for the season finale, for season one, you know, Gabby's been feeling a little bit run down and she's put it down to, you know, I don't know, she's building stuff. Right. And then one day she's like, wait, you know, her friend makes a joke and, you know, <laughs> what are you, pregnant? And she was like, wait. <laughs> and, then, and then she goes home and she takes a test. And then that's the season finale. So we, we'll, we'll find out in season two uh-huh. if they were expecting the pitter-patter of tiny feet. Isn't that just another wonderful detail to put into the B&B? Yes. In Vermont? Thank you. So yes. like I said, Shonda Rhimes, call me. And yes. let's make this happen. Yes, put me in the writer's room. You're already I can already in it. see like the seasons, Mate. you know, them playing in the the leaves for fall. When you get home. Bundling up with cocoa by the oh, fireplace for winter. Cocoa. Listen. When you get home, you're going to find that I've left for you in a package a whiteboard <laughs> with some with some post-it notes. Yes. I need you to start storyboarding these episodes. Yes, I will get on it. Yes. Great. Are you looking for a new lost object? Are you bored with the choices you're currently faced with? Well, let me tell you about a service we provide. That's right, Nicole and Bim, first sommeliers. We will find for you the perfect drink to slake your thirst. Okay? So tell us who you fancy. Allow us to take you on a journey where we find another person you might fancy. You see how it works? 
Anyway, um, so we were we were asking around the pod squad and we decided to kind of extend our expertise, you know, our PhDs that we've achieved in in thirst in thirsting. Uh, and we asked and said, listen, if you fancy someone, we can give you maybe a new roster of people for you to really kind of, you know, direct your thirst towards. You know, we're asking you to try something new because that's what sommeliers do. Right. Okay. They give you something you're used to with a little something extra. Mm, yeah. Do you see? Yeah. Yeah. yeah thank yeah. you very much. Okay. And for our first thirst sommelier segment, we have our fantastic producer, Julia. Um, and she's left us a voicemail that I think um, is pretty interesting. Hi, Bim and Nicole. This is Julia. I need your help. This is a long-standing thirst that I have for my fellow countrymen, my Brazilian love, Rodrigo Santoro. People may know him as the lust object in Love Actually, who appears at one point in some magnificent black boxer briefs that really, I feel like they really like changed the world. But I've known him for a long time. I've thirsted after him for a long time. And I have never really encountered anyone quite as perfect as Rodrigo Santoro. He's beautiful. He has this, like, lovely, sensitive gaze. He is strong without being, like, overly punch-you-in-the-face muscular. I think he's just elegant in a way that I have never quite encountered in another thirst object. I need your expertise. I want more from my life. And I think that you can help me. Please help me. I love you. Bye. Aw, Julia, we'll be happy to help you. I know. She sounded so desperate. I know. I wasn't sure if she was breaking up with us or what. But (laughs) all right. Um, Rodrigo Santoro. Yeah. He's very, very handsome. He really is. So top choice there, Julia. You've done a great job fancying uh, a perfectly uh, attractive man. Good Mm -hmm. job. Ten points. I thought about this mm-hmm. a little bit and I was like, all right, so she there's a certain look to Rodrigo. Like he's right. kind of, you know, she nailed it. He's mm-hmm. obviously very kind of like built, but not, he's not, mm-hmm. he's not a wrestler. Right. He's very sleek. He's, he's very cat-like. He's, a, he's, you know, diver's build, maybe a swimmer. Perfect. 100%. Something like Like that. some real Timothy Oliphant vibe. Just mm. lean. Like a, you yeah. know, just lean. Yeah. And so I was thinking about this and casting about in my mind. And I was like, do you know what? I've got the perfect person. Mm-hmm. And it's a British actor by the name of Indira Varma. Oh, I love her a lot. Right? She is beautiful. Yeah, she's okay. absolutely gorgeous. And she is an incredible actor. An incredible actor. Um, She is actually, she doesn't look unlike Rodrigo Santoro. I know, it's kind of weird, huh? Yeah, it's, I think it's all in the neck. They both yeah. have very elegant necks. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cheekbones. And the cheekbones. Facial structure. Facial structure, yeah, similar coloring, yeah. because Indira is half Indian. Mm-hmm. And I just think that if Julia would shift her gaze to Indira, mm-hmm. she could find some real nourishment there, like some real first nourishment. I agree. Thank you. Agree. Who, who do you have for Julia? Um, what is his name? I know him from Lost. Nestor Carbonell. Mm, Nestor. Oh, beautiful lashes and eyes. Yes. Like, he looks like he's always wearing eyeliner. Yes, but like the the best smoky eye makeup <laughs> I have ever seen. And it's natural. Yeah, he's just, um, he seems also very charming. I hope he's not a dick. But I yeah. hope he's not. I remember watching him on an old TV show that Brooke Shields used to do called Suddenly Susan. Oh, yeah. And he used to play this character who I think was Cuban and he pronounced <laughs> Susan as Susan and I was always there for that I was like yes that's a great that's a great way to say the name Susan 
Um, so I love Nesto. I have mm-hmm. always fancied him. And actually, do you know what? He, again, there's something quite familiar about him when you look at him and mm-hmm. uh, Rodrigo. So, yeah. Good job, Nicole. Yeah, I think those two are some pretty good options that we have for Julia. Mm. I, I think she'll be pleased with those. I hope so. I hope I hope you're listening, Julia. I hope that you can take these two options and thirst uh, more competitively. I think you can you can thirst wider now. You know. Okay, so dear listeners, if you would like to um, expand your crush palette, then um, tweet us. Or email us. You can tweet us at ThirstAidKit or you can email us um, ThirstAidKit at BuzzFeed.com and let us choose your next crush. Yeah. I mean, consider us to be, I mean, consider us because it's the truth. We are experts in thirsting. Mm -hmm. We have done extensive research in the field and out of the field. (laughs) (laughs) So I just think that if you're looking to, as Nicole put it so beautifully, expand your your crush palette, then you look no further. Contact us and we'll do the heavy lifting for you. Give us a call at 7658-THIRST. That's 7658-THIRST or 765-884-4778. And please leave a message and we'll do our very best to help you out. Okay, let's get into my favorite segment of the show, <laughs> Fanfic Wars. Okay. I'm well, excited. I'm I'm enthusiastic. I'm feeling excited by the feedback we've had already. People really right. seem to love these little fanfic uh, drabbles. Mm-hmm. But more pertinently for this week, please remember to vote for me. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> no, vote for me. This is actually my favorite drabble that I've done oh, so far. Wow. Yes. And it's such a shame you're going to have to lose with it Ugh, this week. So because, <laughs> because mine is absolutely going to blow yours out of the water. I think our fans, I think our listeners will disagree. That's, uh, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna just smile at you like you yeah. would uh, at a child. <laughs> well, that's nice, dear. Bim is so mean to me. No, I, that's with love. I just don't want you to be disappointed when you lose. Oh, great. Just Thanks. trying to prepare you. Thanks. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ignore Bim right now so that I can go ahead and get into my drabble about the fantastic John show. The woman a couple of seats over from me at the bar stops in the middle of her conversation, her eyes trained on the door, and I knew John had arrived. Her friend turns to see what had captured her attention, and so do I, my smile smug, but when I see him walking toward me, my mouth falls open inelegantly. It isn't just the incredibly vibrant bouquet of flowers in his hand, exploding in peaches, corals, whites, and yellows. That man knows how to rock a suit, my God. He'd removed his tie and unbuttoned the top of his white shirt, exposing the hollow of his neck, my favorite place to rest my nose. Shut up. <laughs> a quick glance around as I remember to close my mouth shows me that more than one conversation has paused as people watched John. Love and pride and possessiveness swell inside me. He has the goofiest, sweetest smile, and it's just for me. When he reaches me, the sister behind me stage whispers, Okay, girl. I immediately laugh as a chuckling John leans in for a kiss, his hand against my neck, his thumb along my jaw. He presses his forehead to mine and whispers, I missed you. It's hard to accept such tenderness from him sometimes. How did this man come into my life? I place a hand against his heart, 
feel how steady and sure he is. I tell him we just saw each other yesterday. He leans back and searches my face, a mock sternness fighting his smile. And your point is? He always knows how to lift my spirits, but tonight I feel overwhelmed by the love between us. I close my eyes against the sudden wetness and ask him, how did you find me? What did I do to deserve a love like yours? He places the bouquet on the bar and gathers my hand against his cheek. He waits until I return his gaze and says, maybe we wished on the same star as children. Maybe you're the princess I died fighting a dragon for in another life. Maybe this is a type of hell where our punishment is knowing we'll never have another love like this. I don't know. But whatever I did to deserve you, I do it again and again and again. The woman behind me lets out a soft, damn. John kisses my fingers and winks. <laughs> Get the fuck out. <laughs> you need to stand up, turn around, and please leave the studio in an orderly fashion. Thank you so much. Why? Why do I have to leave? Because this is fucking ridiculous and I hate that you've written these words down. That's why. I am so fucked up with you. Oh, my God. I was trying so hard not to laugh when I was seeing your reaction. I'm going to sue you for emotional distress. I'm actually I'm actually physically upset. I'm actually, I'm crying. If I just, if I just give you an apology, could you not sue? No. I'm, I'm sorry. No, I'm suing you for every penny you have. I'm upset. I'm bewildered. I'm bemused. <laughs> I feel bewitched. <laughs> good. Good. What the fuck? I slayed some dragons for you in a former yes, life. Fuck yes. off. Can you imagine John Cho on a dragon, though? I actually, oh, that's what I'm doing right now. Yes. That's, that's my new screensaver yes. in my mind. Get him on a dragon. <laughs> Dracaris. <laughs> okay, John. Oh, oh, thank you. Mine is nowhere near that romantic. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. I'm going to sound like a heathen. Someone's no. chatting about a love like this and once in a generation. And maybe this is our punishment to love one. Fuck off. <laughs> I mean, fine, I guess. Let me just let me just get into mine. Let me just begin. Are you ready? Sure. Let's, wow. just, let's just get it over with. In the five months that John and I had been dating, we'd settled into an easy Saturday routine. The day always started lazy and mostly silent neither of us in a rush to leave the dim serenity of our bed. Eventually, though, I would reluctantly let John rise. The apology for taking away his warmth would be to find my fuzzy socks in the tangle of sheets and slip them over my always cold feet before padding into the kitchen. Coffee first, always, and then maybe eggs. I'd given him my mum's recipe for her spicy eggs and he was closer to perfecting it with every trial. And then after we'd finished eating, we'd shift only slightly on the sofa, reclining and enjoying each other's proximity wordlessly. I'd come to expect the weight of John's hand on my stomach or my hip, one of his elegant feet grazing both of mine. Educational reads on Texan politics or new advances in neurosurgery took on a peaceful sheen. In this house, Saturdays were peaceful days. Later, we would leave the sofa, a shower and maybe a walk hand in hand, or we would stay precisely where we were, John's voice rumbling pleasantly at my back, the smile on his lips evident, my arm arched over my head, hand nestling in his thick hair. Saturdays were for smiles. Well, that was 
Very sweet. I'm a sweet person. I think I've said this before. I mean, I loved yours. I thought yours yes. was, you know, very yes, charming. Yeah. I enjoyed the outside voices, you thank know, you. because we've all been in a place where we've seen someone right. with their other person. And right. we've said, oh, damn. Yeah, like, okay, girl, I see you. <laughs> Ten points Gryffindor. Okay, good job. <laughs> so check out our Twitter poll um, at First Aid Kit uh, to vote. You could vote for me. Um, and you should. No. <laughs> but you could also vote for Nicole. Yes, but, you know, vote I for mean, me. Let, let your conscience tell you the right thing to do. But I honestly can't see how it could be anyone but mine this week. I mean, week. it's mine. Don't you want John Cho slaying a dragon for you calm in another the, life? Calm, calm the fuck down. Their dragons are mythical, actually. So okay, that doesn't... That's not that... the point. The point is <laughs> that John Cho went through all kinds of hoops to get to you. Okay, great. Thanks. So anyway... Uh... Vote Nicole. Vote Nicole. <laughs> anyway, what... All that is a roundabout way of also saying that we have received so many drabbles from you, our listeners, our fans. And we are so, so excited because that's quality engagement. You guys are actually taking the time Mm -hmm. to settle down and write you some imaginary fucking stuff. And I'm here (laughs) for it. I, I just this is fiction. This is how art lives. So it's time for us to read a couple of the fan drabbles that have been sent to us. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm going to start with one that was sent in by Emerald. And it's about Andre 3000. Okay. (laughs) I walked around his Brooklyn apartment, admiring the pieces of art he'd collected during his travels. He was quietly pouring us those drinks you need to take the edge off, while the ashes from the blunt hanging from his lips hit the floor. He handed me my drink and proceeded to pull me towards him. Dre, I giggled. The scruff of his beard met the smoothness of my cheek as he whispered in my ear. His scent consumed me like a field of lavender with tea tree oil. Mm, this <laughs> is right, very Emerald. sensual, Emerald. Isn't it? Like, you know, we've got all the scents <laughs> and lavender, and the some tactile <laughs> stuff happening, the scruff of his beard. Some tea tree. Okay, Emerald. Yeah. Which one have you got, Nicole? Um, I have a six word drabble. Nice. Um, based on our superheroes episode, based on pow, bam, thirst. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to episode two. And this comes from uh, our listener, Carl. Okay. And again, remember, it's six words. So, all right, here we go. Okay. And I crave his eternal speed. Bitch. Okay, Carl. <laughs> all right. Is that what you're craving, sis? Mm. All right. Okay. I love that. Uh, So please, 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 please keep sending us your fanfic. Uh, In particular, considering the subject of this week's episode, we would love to read your drabbles about John Cho. Absolutely. I can't I can't wait to see what people say about John Cho, because, you know, there are a lot of people who love him, but just haven't had the opportunity to really like be vocal about it. We want to give you guys that opportunity. Just let it fly. Let that flag, let that John Cho flag just fly free. (laughs) Uh, Please send us your John Cho drabbles. Uh, Send them to firstaidkit at buzzfeed.com or you can submit it to our Tumblr at firstaidkitpodcast.tumblr.com Thirst Aid Kit is produced by Eleanor Kagan, Julia Furlan, Agaranesh Ashagre, and with additional editing by Meg Kramer. Our music is by Tanya Morgan. Thank you so much for listening. And if you liked what you heard, please head to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. It will help other people discover Thirst Aid Kit and hopefully they can love it as much as you do. And speaking of reviews, there's one review that stood out to us. We love it so much that we had to (laughs) give you a quick shout out. It's by user 
Maya McKenzie, who says, even the lesbians love it. Ugh, we love praise. you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I love that. I love that. We'd also love to hear what you thought about the episode. So please email us at firstaidkit at buzzfeed.com. And you can find us on Twitter at TN Whiskey Woman. And that is whiskey with an E, woman. And you can find me at Bimadew, B-I-M-A-D-E-W. Remember, though, you don't have to at us. <laughs> but if you do, we'll say hi, probably. <laughs> at us with some good stuff. Yeah, just the good stuff. Is that you, John Cho? (laughs) (laughs) Which just made me, and I can't do it in an American accent. It has to be like in the most East London. Is that you, yeah? Is that you, John Cho? (laughs) Because I remember it because it so mirrored my own feelings. Mm -hmm. I was like, is it? Mm -hmm. Is it actually?